0: Hello, and welcome to The Greatness of Sports. This is the second episode, and thank you for listening. In this episode, we're going to talk about golf. It's fitting, as the Masters are going on right now, to discuss a little more about the sport of golf. Specifically, we're going to talk about what makes golf unique, and tell a story of a tournament in 2010 that exemplifies the uniqueness of golf. From that story, we will extract some very important life lessons that will be applicable to all, and will be rememberable because of this great story. For many of our listeners who may think golf is slow and boring, I'd like to stop you right there and tell you this story will not be boring, because I'm going to tell you of a man that we can all relate to. The man we can all relate to is named Brian Davis. Brian Davis is a professional golfer. Now I know what you're all thinking. Okay, he's a professional golfer. How on earth can we relate to him? The man gets to play golf and make lots of money doing it for a living. How on earth do we relate to that? I actually agree with you, and I understand that argument, but let's just try. Let's just see, okay, Brian Davis, this is his career, let's relate it to our career. Or this is his life, let's see how we can kind of exemplify some of the same qualities that he exemplified in our own lives. One way we can all relate to Brian Davis is that Brian Davis wasn't always naturally the best at golf. He was obviously very good as he turned pro, and he went on to have a solid career, but He didn't turn professional into the highest level of golf when he first started. He actually started on a smaller tour called the European Tour. This tour doesn't have as many players. It doesn't have the best of the best. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, they don't really play on this tour. So it's kind of like an entry-level tour, or the minor leagues of golf, you could say. While Brian Davis was on this tour, he only won twice. He turned professional in 1997, and then he left the tour in 2004, and he only won two times. Could you imagine only winning two times in seven years? I think we can all relate to that. We're not always successful in what we do. Now, while Brian Davis only won twice in this minor league in the European tour, he did have some high finishes, finishing in the top 10, top 5, so he did pretty well. So he decides to then move in 2005, after seven years on the European tour, to the major leagues, the PGA Tour. He spends five years in the PGA Tour and doesn't win a single tournament. And then that's where we jump in. The 2010 tournament of the Verizon Heritage Open, with Brian Davis looking like he has a chance to win it. In the Verizon Heritage Open in 2010, Brian Davis was having a great tournament. In fact, he found himself in the lead with just four holes left. The man Brian Davis was going against at this point was Jim Furyk. All the other players of the tournament have kind of fuddled out. Their scores were too high, and it was really down to two people. Unfortunately, Jim Furyk is one of the greatest golfers of all time. Jim Furyk had won 14 PGA Tour tournaments until that tournament. Jim Furyk had won a tournament just the month before. All of those numbers are infinitely more than the amount of tournaments that Brian Davis won, as Brian Davis had been on the tour for five years and still had not won a tournament. So naturally, Brian Davis is probably feeling a little nervous going against one of the greatest golfers with four holes left. And that was exemplified as Brian Davis goes on to bogey the next two holes. So here we are in the 17th hole with Brian Davis one shot down from a great golfer named Jim Furyk. The 17th hole turns out to be uneventful, which means we go into the final hole with Jim Furyk up one stroke on our man, Brian Davis. Brian Davis ends up with a birdie putt. Furek has already gotten par, which means Brian Davis has to make this putt in order to force a playoff, where he has a chance to win his first ever PGA Tour tournament. I can only imagine that Brian Davis has been thinking maybe a little bit about the last 15 years he has been on tour, the last 30 plus years he's been working on his golf game, for the chance to win one PGA Tour tournament. And here he is with an 18-foot putt just to force it to a playoff. Luckily, Brian Davis drains it. Brian Davis has just faced a roller coaster of emotions, from having the tournament in his grasp with the lead, and then losing that lead and thinking his dreams have washed away, to then making this long, incredible putt to force a playoff. The way the playoffs work in golf is different for each tournament, but in this tournament, it's one hole. Whoever does best wins. It's sudden death. Unfortunately, that roller coaster of emotions plays an effect on Brian Davis, as his first two shots find him in a rough area, whereas Jim Furyk's first two shots find him on the green. So Jim Furyk has a putt for birdie while Brian Davis has to chip on the green and then putt for par. Luckily, Jim Furyk's putt is pretty far, so most likely Jim Furyk's going to end up with a par. He's going to have to take two putts to get it into the hole, which means Brian Davis definitely still has a chance. He's not in a great position, but he just chips it onto the green, make a putt, he ties Jim Furyk, and then they play another playoff hole. So while he's not in the best position, he definitely has a good chance to still win. And here is where we pick up one of the most unique things about golf. In golf, you can call a penalty on yourself. Now, I know in other sports you probably can as well, but not really. There's referees, there's umpires that make the calls for you, and rarely do you actually call something on yourself. But in golf, especially in more of a junior league or amateurs, where you don't have a bunch of TVs following you, it's on your own honor. You need to be honest on what you scored, on if your ball moved, on if you did something illegal. And Brian Davis called a penalty on himself. Brian Davis said that when he put his club down before he hit his shot, he moved something behind the ball, which then caused his ball to move. He moved a leaf or something, which then caused his ball to move, which is a penalty. No one saw it, no one knew that he did it, but he knew. He called the tournament director, he called the official, and told him what happened, and he was assessed a penalty. Because of this penalty that Brian Davis called on himself, he could no longer win the tournament. Think of all the implications that go into that. Brian Davis had been working his whole life to win one PGA Tour tournament. Jim Fear had won 14, what did he need one more for? Also, the money is a factor. The first place person gets twice as much money for winning than the second place. Six hundred, About $600,000 more for getting first place. Not to mention taken to the fact that it was just a small change. The ball moved maybe a quarter of an inch. Did it really matter? Did it really play a factor in the outcome of the match? All of these things must have gone into Davis's mind as he made the decision to call this penalty on himself. But he decided to call the penalty on himself, anyways. This incredible act of integrity is the life lesson I want to take away. But first, let me address kind of some of the cynical thoughts we have about this. One is he was on TV. Of course he would do that. He knew the whole country was watching him, he knew everyone would find out. We don't know. We don't know that he wouldn't have done the exact same thing had there been no TVs. What's the harm in assuming that he is just a man of integrity and he would have done the exact same thing? In fact, I'm pretty sure he would have, because we do see on national TV all the time many athletes trying to get away with different types of sort of tricks or, you know, strategery where, take a basketball game, for example, the ball goes out of bounds. Every player on the court is pointing in their team's direction, even though they have no idea if it's actually their ball. So they're not necessarily thinking, oh, what's the integrity move there? Also, the other thing, Brian Davis probably wasn't going to win. He was in a much worse position than Jim Furyk. Yeah, that's true, but he still had a very good shot. If his odds were, say, 25% of winning, or Jim Furyk maybe would win that 75%, that still means his expected value to win is 25%. And the dollar value of that, of that $600,000 increase that he would have got, is 25% of $600,000. That's pretty good. So he still definitely had a good chance. I recognize there may be other arguments for why Brian Davis called the penalty on himself other than he was just a man of integrity. But again, I'm going to go back to that original argument what's the harm? Let's just assume Brian Davis was a man of integrity, and let's try and learn some lessons from his action of integrity. One lesson we can all take away is that he probably didn't make the decision to be someone full of integrity in that moment. He probably made that decision well before, and that's something that we can all work on. Oftentimes, it is said that when the time for decision has arrived, the time for preparation has passed. I think that is very true in this moment. As you think about all the factors and all the implications that went into Brian Davis calling a penalty on himself, had he not already have made the decision to be an upstanding, integratable man, he probably would have not called the penalty on himself. And he probably would have been caught up in the winning his first ever tournament or getting $600,000 more, right? He would have been caught up in all those other extraneous factors rather than ultimately I need to be a person of integrity. So the first lesson we'll take away from Brian Davis is this idea of preparing, that we need to be people of integrity before the hard decision comes. We need to decide now that we will have full integrity whenever we're faced with a hard decision, because when the time of decision does arrive, it's going to be that much harder. The second lesson that I'd like to take away from this is that we need to have some morals. In order to be someone of integrity, you need to have some beliefs, some morals, some uprightness to stand for. Had Brian Davis had no morals or no beliefs, he wouldn't have called that penalty on himself. Or if Brian Davis's belief was entirely that money's the most important thing, he wouldn't have called the penalty on himself because he would have wanted to get more money. But Brian Davis had some moral uprightness. He had some core beliefs. He had something that he wanted to stand up for, of being honest, of being good, of getting success in the right way, in the correct way in the appropriate way. He had these beliefs which made it so he could have integrity to those beliefs, to those morals. The last lesson that I wish to express from this story is living a life with integrity. I think if everyone had a little more integrity in their lives, that our communities, our families, our society would be a happier, more open, more involved place. When you think of what stands against Integrity, it is lying, cheating, stealing. And if we were able to eliminate these from our families and our communities, then we'd be such a happier and more uh, sociable and more open and friendly environment and be able to trust each other. And even if we don't believe the exact same thing, we know that they're doing their best to live true to their beliefs. Now, hopefully, some of you have been interested in the story, so you're hoping. That Brian Davis went on to win a tournament, or you're eagerly awaiting what happened to Brian Davis. Well, he ended up losing that tournament, as I told you, from calling that penalty on himself, and unfortunately, he still has not won a PGA tour tournament. Again, I've already talked about a lot of lessons we can draw from that, but maybe that's one more lesson that we shouldn't be so outcome-focused. I bet if Brian I hope if we ask Brian Davis, hey, knowing what you know now that you still wouldn't have won a tournament. Would you still have called that penalty on yourself and given away that opportunity to win the tournament? And I hope his answer would be yes, I still would have. Because we shouldn't be so outcome-focused on tangible items that are not truly what stand with what we believe in. We shouldn't be so focused maybe on the money or on the social stature that he would have gotten from winning a tournament, but rather on what we truly believe, and maybe the outcome doesn't appear to be like the greatest outcome. We stood up, we had integrity, so that's what matters. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'd love to hear any feedback you may have on how to make this podcast series better, on things you agree with, disagree with, or any other thoughts. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time for listening and hope you have a great week.